Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Euro Trip, where things have all calmed down just a little bit. We've got all the entries for Eurovision 2023. Don't know about you, James? Feeling a little bit zen? Zen? I don't know if I'd go as far as zen. Yeah, well, maybe actually, yeah, because it's sort of calmed down, hasn't it? National final season's come to an end. Uh, We're still waiting for the pre-parties to kick off. And yeah, it's sort of this lull period, isn't it? It's a bit of a weird time. Like, you don't really know where to place yourself. Like, I don't know about you, but I found myself listening to a lot of the songs. But yeah, it's a bit of a weird time. Like, you feel like you can't properly get really excited yet, but... You're trying to at the same time. Yeah, speaking of a weird time, can I tell you about this? Because I felt like the other day I had a bit of a a fever dream about something Eurovision related that I've not thought about in about five years, which is the Eurovision Song Contest board game. <laughs> does that ring any bells? Does this actually exist? That doesn't ring well, any bells whatsoever. Exactly. It got me thinking. I was like, is this a gap in the market? Am I going to have to pitch this to somebody? But no, in 2018, there was an official Eurovision Song Contest board game. I don't know much about it. I don't know what you do. I think it's sort of a quiz, but it definitely exists. I I couldn't believe it wasn't just a dream of mine. I'm trying to work out what you would possibly do in the Eurovision Song Contest board game. Are you a performer? I don't know. Like I say, I think it was some sort of you know, like Trivial Pursuit, where you've got quiz questions and stuff and you've got a board to move around. I think it's like that. So I don't. you mustn't perform? Is it just based on general knowledge of Eurovision? I don't know. But clearly it wasn't a fever dream. Well, this is very exciting. If you have played the official Eurovision board game, 
Let us know. Let us know what you actually do in the game at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram because, uh, well, we'd love to find out more. And maybe, just maybe, there's a bit more board game chat to come on this episode of the Eurotrip. As you know, Lassandra always said, take it away. For me, Eurovision is much more than just a job, but it's part of me. Giannis, let me say, we were your first ever Eurovision interview way back in January. <laughs> I remember! So Gisli Baltarsson, Iceland's commentator, welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much and thank you for the Eurotrip. I've been listening to you. Being face to face, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, you're beautiful face. <laughs> I was like, But it is cute. beautiful as well, though. We were talking on the phone. Yes. Do you want to have a hug? Yes, please. Yeah, that would be great. Cornelia Jacobs, congratulations. Thank you. Give me a hug. Hi there, my name is Martin Ostadol. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. With me, Rob. Me, James. And this week we are looking ahead to Eurovision 2023 and we'll be attempting to do a bit of predicting about what might happen on our TV screens and in Liverpool this May. Indeed, yeah, we're doing something that we've never done on the podcast before and inviting some of you on for a chat. Some of you listeners at home who have never been on the podcast before, uh, reached out to us after we asked last week, do you want to come on the podcast and chat about the songs? Loads of you got in touch and we invited three of you along to review the songs, give us your predictions for Eurovision 2023. And we're going to be bringing you that info a little bit later on. Yeah, very excited to bring you that because some really interesting discussions. One of the things we talk about is, and I'm not going to tell you too much, but one of the, one of the things we do discuss, a country that we think could be a surprise qualifier from the semi-finals and I'll be honest with you James I think you're on the same uh, on the same page as me we were not expecting the answer that we received we were not so we'll bring you all that very soon uh, somebody who will be able to figure out who all these surprise qualifiers may be is Ben Robertson from ESC Insight and the Bet Eurovision podcast he'll be joining us for a chat as well to talk us through the betting market uh, tell us where we should be looking what some surprise results might be and what is good value if you are wanting to place a bet on this year's Eurovision Song Contest. And also, we have been trailing this for the last couple of weeks, but we will finally reveal our very exciting news about what we're up to during Eurovision Week in Liverpool. You can come and hang out with me and James, and we'll tell you more very, very shortly. So we've got all that and more to come. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. So this is it then, James. Another podcast, another week, another week closer to Liverpool. And as we said, it's a weird time. It's that weird hinterland of nothing between pre-parties and, well, the selection season, which has now been and gone. Hinterland. I've never heard that word used in conversation before, so I don't even know if... They, is that the right term? Have you used it in right context? I don't know. I'll let it slide for now. I'm not sure, but I like it. I like it. I think everyone (laughs) listening to this will agree. Because the only thing we can do really right now is listen to the songs, wherever it is you listen to your music. And yeah, try and do a bit of predicting. Try and hypothesize about what might happen. Bring out all the big words today. Hinterland, hypothesize. They've they've all got to begin with an H by the sounds (laughs) of things. I mean, I don't want to get hyperbolic about it. (laughs) Anyway... What were you saying? You were saying, all we can do now is listen to the songs, come up with some predictions. Uh, I presume, have you been doing that over the last few days since uh, since we last spoke? 
There is one song that I cannot stop playing on repeat, and I can't work out whether it's because I really, really like it or I'm not sure about it. Do you want to know what song it is? Go on, hit me. Israel. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, it seems popular, actually. Uh, let me let me say that straight up. Even though a lot of people say it sounds like three or four songs in one, it is proving popular. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It does sound like three or four songs in one. And I think I maybe like song two and three, maybe. <laughs> I, quite, I quite like the middle. Uh, yeah, it's as if they tried to stick every single Eurovision box under the sun. And we're like, yeah, that'll go. People are like that. Maybe it'll work for them. I'm not sure. But yeah, Israel for me is the one that I keep playing at the moment. What about you? Uh, well, yeah, I've only just over the last 24 hours have actually put together a Eurovision 2023 playlist. You do realise you can find these playlists elsewhere. You know, then you put your own together. Mm, I maybe. Do you know what? I feel I feel like I'm stuck in about 1999 because I'm such a <laughs> poor user of music streaming platforms. I don't know why I bother paying however much money i spend a month on these streaming services that i never ever use anyway i don't know why i bother are you still trying to find them on the radio recording them on a cassette tape and then that's how you listen (laughs) is that what you're doing i tell you i'm a bit gutted my car does not have a cassette player otherwise i'd be in business (laughs) you can put bucks fizz's greatest hits on on your way to work every morning Hey, actually, I tell you what, you've you've sparked a a conversation that I'm going to try and keep brief. But I wonder, have you got any Eurovision music on vinyl? I want people to get in touch this week. If you've got any Eurovision music on vinyl, at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram to get in touch, or hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. Because I know for a fact I've got one tenuous Eurovision track on vinyl, which is Nicky French's cover of Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart on vinyl. Right, that is tenuous. I liked it. That's almost one second song territory. I can do that for <laughs> you next week. I can play that Nikki French cover. Wow, good for Nikki. You know, yeah. there's not a song she won't touch, is there? No. Have you? I presume you've got no vinyl, a uh, Eurovision vinyl, then. Not hipster enough for a record player, I'm afraid. But would like to be. Would like okay. to be. Well, get in touch if you've got some Eurovision vinyl at home, uh, which is at Eurotrip Podcast, by the way, as I just said. Uh, speaking of which, over the weekend, we were asking you for your uh, predictions for the contest this year. We were looking for your televote winner, your jury winner, and your overall winner. We were swamped with replies. Uh, let me pick some out for you. Uh, Katie got in touch and said, I'm very basic, but televote winner, Finland, jury winner, Sweden, overall winner, Sweden. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are on that train. Uh, another one for you, uh, Berto, uh, on Twitter as well. So Televote is Finland. Uh, jury is Sweden. But overall, Spain. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Little spoiler for you. Uh, Spain will come up in our fan panel discussion a little bit later on. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Victoria just answered, Lorene, Lorene, Lorene. Pretty clear what Victoria thinks might happen <laughs> in Liverpool and then another one, uh, Wan got in touch, uh, said uh, Norway are going to finish first overall. Now, Wan went really into detail here. So they've given us their top seven and where they're going to finish in both the televote and the jury vote. I'm not going to read the full jury televote breakdown. But yeah, uh, Wan said Norway are going to win. Ukraine are going to be second. Sweden third. Spain fourth. UK fifth. Finland sixth. And the Czech Republic seventh. 
I feel like we can't escape Sweden at the moment. So just for the for the sake of arguments, let me pull out uh, Izzy's tweet, who got in touch and said the televote winner will be Lithuania, the jury winner will be Lithuania, and the overall winner will be Lithuania. I feel like there might be a bit of a Lithuania fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Monica's song. I like it a lot. Hoping that makes it through to the grand final. So thank you to all of you who got in touch. Loads of you did. And if you want to get in touch with anything that you hear on today's podcast, because there's plenty of Eurovision 2023 prediction chat on the way, then you can at your trip podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us as well on TikTok, of course. If you want to send us an email, hello at eurotrippodcast.com and eurotrippodcast.com for all of our exclusive stories. Now, as usual, that sound, of course, means it's time for all the latest Eurovision news. Uh, It looks like it's Rob's shift at the news desk this week. However, not a a lot of sheets of paper in front of you, Mr. Lilly. I've got nothing to shuffle, which tells you all you need to know. There's not a lot of news because, as we've already said, we're kind of in the mid-times. We're in the hinterland, as I called it earlier. Pre-party season has yet to begin. Selection season has just, of course, wrapped up. So there's not a lot to report. A lot of artists for 2023 are recording their official music videos at the moment, if you are interested in that. Uh, Some artists are performing on different TV shows around Europe on a bit of a promo trail. And I suppose the big headline, James, since we were with you last, uh, May Muller for the United Kingdom has uh, charted here in the UK. She's in the official chart number 30, the first UK act to chart in the UK before the contest since Blue in 2011. Yeah, very, very exciting. Uh, probably giving a lot of UK Eurovision fans that extra glimmer of excitement as well and glimmer of hope. I say glimmer of hope. I feel like they don't need a lot of more glimmers because there's a lot of hope for <laughs> for, for May this year. Uh, but yeah, given that news, it's very, very exciting. As well, we should say, speaking of the 2023 artists, we've got loads of them to come uh, on the Euro trip before we get to May. Um, I'm chatting to one in about four hours time rob tomorrow you're chatting to two of them uh, on uh, monday next week i've got another one we've got loads to come over the next few weeks yeah we thought we'd have a bit of a break from the 2023 artists this week just because we have got of course our big fan panel on the way but as james said loads of the 2023 artists on the way and if there are any artists in particular that you want to hear from do get in touch but speaking of eurovision news we said it's very quiet so instead shall we give you some of our own news instead yes everybody listening to this public service announcement listen carefully to what you're about to hear so we've been teasing you uh, for the past few weeks but let me rewind to something that we discussed on the podcast a few months ago have a listen to this we have now got the news that euro club will be returning for 2023 from friday the 5th to Saturday the 13th of May next year. Are you sure you can't be persuaded? No, I was wondering if, if Eurovision want to put on some sort of, like, Euro board game club instead and we can just have hot chocolates and play Monopoly. I don't know, can we, can we do that with some Eurovision artists instead? That's more my scene. So what was it you said there, James? What was it you said? I thought it would be a good idea if there was some sort of Eurovision board game club. It sounded good at the time, and we've sort of run with it, haven't we? 
we certainly have. Yeah, your wish is my command, I think. I think that makes sense. Because here on the podcast, today, we can announce that me and James are holding our very first live event that you can all come along to if you want to. James, we're holding our own board game afternoon during Eurovision week. This is what I was after. This is what I said a few months ago. I said, yeah, your club is great and I'm sure loads of you are wanting to go. I'm wanting to go as well, uh, for the record. But there's loads of other events you want to be doing, including a Eurovision board game club. So on the Thursday of Eurovision week, that is the 11th of May, we will be at Sugar and Dice. So that is a board game cafe. We've hired the place, we've hired the venue, and you can come along to play some board games. We'll be doing a bit of a Eurovision panel, Rob, me, and a couple of other Eurovision guests. And yeah, it'll be a really fun afternoon from one o'clock till four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, so that information again, one o'clock till four o'clock, Sugar and Dice, brilliant board game cafe in Liverpool. Come on down, you can have a snack. You can have something to drink if you want. You might be able to play some board games against me, against James, against some of your other Eurovision favorites maybe and we'd love for you to be there. So, how do you get involved? What do you do? How do you get there? James, tell everyone the info they need to know. Nice and simple. All you have to do is head to sugarandice.co.uk forward slash shop and you'll be able to see a little event called the Eurotrip and Friends. So just click on that, add it to your basket. All we're asking for is £5, probably one of the cheapest events you will find in Liverpool uh, during Eurovision week. Go and grab it now because they will be in very short supply. That website again, sugaranddice.co.uk forward slash shop. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, this is the Eurotrip Podcast and yeah, super exciting to see as many of you down there as possible at Sugar and Dice on the Thursday of Eurovision week. If you're heading to Liverpool, go and get your tickets now, sugarandice.co.uk forward slash shop. Click on the Eurotrip and friends, get yourself a ticket. You can play some board games with like-minded Eurovision fans and you can see me and James as well. If that doesn't sell it enough for you. Yeah, it'll be a nice, quiet warm-up to semi-final two. If you've got tickets to the live show or you're going to watch it in the village, it'll be a nice, quiet afternoon uh, before all the excitement begins. So yeah, it'll be great to see so many of you down there on the Thursday afternoon. Coming up, we have got the very first Euro Trip fan panel where we have got together three of you to discuss the songs of the Eurovision class of 2023. But James, before that, we thought we'd find out the lay of the land when it comes to the bookies and the current odds for the Eurovision Song Contest. Indeed, yeah, it always gets really exciting this time of year because we've got all the songs uh as we've been saying people are making their predictions about who's going to qualify or who's going to win and all that sort of thing and obviously the betting market's become a a good source well i say a good source an interesting source should i say for who people think uh, are going to do well and not going to do so well so we thought we'd invite ben robertson along of course you know him he's been on the podcast loads of times already uh, from esc inside the bet eurovision podcast as well so many other things i'd be on for another hour if I listed <laughs> all of Ben's credits. Uh, so I thought I'd invite him on for a chat to find out what is going on in the world of the Eurovision betting market. So this is what happened when I caught up with Ben a little bit earlier on. Ben Robertson, welcome back to the Eurotrip. How are you? Great, thank you very much. Uh, enjoying a little bit of a 
peace and quiet now. The, uh, the season's calmed down just for a small second. Yeah, I was going to say, national final season, just it just always ramps up and then it, f- it feels like it just drops off a cliff for a couple of weeks before uh, before the pre-party start and before you get to Eurovision itself. But in a way, is this sort of one of your favourite times of the year? Because we've got all the songs, some of the new betting markets are starting to open, like surely you get really excited this time of year. Uh, actually, probably the opposite. This is the time of year where I start to worry because, you know, through the national final season, of course, I've heard songs, I've moved money here and there and so forth. But now... This is where Eurovision becomes less about your instinct, but more about what everybody else thinks. You know, people start ranking all of the songs. Some of the songs start charting here and there. And you start collecting more and more data about the Eurovision Song Contest. We have an odds on favourite right now, for example, and we know that's charting across a few different countries. But we always have songs that, you know, come up the rails and surprise. You know, there's obviously a great example from modern times is Conchita. Um, in the same year, you had Common Lynette as well. And part of it is trying to pick where and if some of those will actually come through and that's always the battle to try and work out and of course you haven't seen many of these songs performed live yet and that's one of the great unknowns you know you mentioned the the odds on favor of course sweden uh with lorene I, I mean in all seriousness you know with her being such an outright favorite at the moment is there anything really that can pull her off track or is it just plain sailing all the way to Liverpool. Lorene deserves to be the favourite of the Eurovision Song Contest, undoubtedly. Odds on is always a bit of a, like, you know, it's a, it's a mental block, you know, because if you place a bet on Lorene now, the money you get back will be less than the stake you actually put on. But that, that's how certain people assume it to be. The reason for that is because Tattoo is the only song that the community is confident can score points from jury and televote. I actually questioned the two's televote appeal at the start, but then through the streaming data, through the love of the stage performance, through the way even you know every age group that wasn't a small child in Sweden absolutely went for it, the data's telling me the voters will love it too, and it, it, that's why it's the favourite. Is it worth mentioning at this point as well that what the betting markets actually are because i think a lot of people especially online will look at the betting markets and think okay sweden is going to win finland's going to come second you know they're taking this as, as gospel really but in effect this is basically just where people are laying their money so the the people at the top of the list are where fans probably think uh, the you know the the top 10 of the scoreboard is going to look like it's not it's not nailed on by any stretch of the imagination is it Betting markets are a very good proxy for prediction. What I will say is that as the season continues on and on, they become an even stronger and stronger predicting force. You know, I mentioned Conchita and Conlon Nets at the start. If you actually go to the final of 2014 on the day, yes, those were the favourites. Those are the ones up there. But it took that time. It took their great rehearsals. It took the great reception to their semi-final performances for that to come to fruition. So it's a constantly moving field. But yeah, the betting markets, they're not a predictor, um, although people will use them as that. What they are, it's the amount of risk that bookmakers are willing to accept and people placing their money on them. But yeah, the closer we get to the date, hopefully the closer the betting odds become like an accurate predicting source. But, you know, if you say to me right now that the top four in the betting market, what, Sweden, Finland, Ukraine, Norway, if that ends up being the top four, I might be a bit surprised to see three Nordic nations up there. But, you know, it looks realistic to me. 
And how do you think things will pan out a little bit differently this year? You know, last year we saw the first rehearsals behind closed doors to the to the press and the media. This year, or the full first week of rehearsals will be behind closed doors. That will surely add a, another element to, to the market this year as well, because a lot of people won't be seeing a full performance uh, until the second week. Yes. So the first time any journalist will see all of the performances will be um, in the first dress rehearsals um, on the Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Um, now, that changes a bit of your narrative. You know, if we think about a good example where something came in the odds during that rehearsal week, um, Fuego, um, on the first rehearsal, people saw it, people got excited, started crashing in the odds. And then you could compare to all the other countries, because I think it was first semi-final, Fuego. And then you sort of perform again in the second rehearsal, and it came crashing down again. You've got to lose all of that. Um, that Monday afternoon is going to be wild. It's going to be the hottest ticket in town, isn't it, Ben? Uh, yes, and that and that's only going to be for um, a few press. Um, I, You know what we need, actually? I might see if I can make this happen. We need to have, you know what, Melody Festival and, yeah. When we have those rehearsal polls the day before. Yes. We need something like that this year because there's no way of getting the data and, like, you know, finding out what people think. Like, the Monday night, if you're going to the jury semi one, that you are going to have the first proper eyes on these performances. We need a fan exit poll on the, on the Monday, Wednesday, and the Friday night, don't we? We need to make that happen somehow. Are you volunteering to help out? Let's do this. <laughs> Me and you will stand outside Liverpool Arena Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night. We'll, we'll do our duty to the Eurovision fandom. <laughs> uh, ben, I, I must ask you, I'm going to ask you a cheeky question, actually. What's good value at the moment? Are you allowed to tell me? Or are you, because you're on a rival podcast at the moment, are you, are you not allowed? <laughs> well, I'm always allowed to offer advice, but, you know, I, I take my advice with a pinch of caution. Um, Sweden, Sweden is the likely winner. Um, I, the, the odds are there for a reason, and, it, and it's no... It's a pure sense of, can Sweden get 200 points of jury votes? Or probably more than that. Can it get 200 televotes? It looks likely. So a two is a very realistic winner. If you are looking to place like one or two bets this year, then, you know, because Sweden is so short in the market, that's pushed all the others out. And there could be each way value here. You know, when you place a bet to win, but you also place um, a bet to be in the top three or top four, for example, it's like a reduced odds. Um, I'd see Israel and Spain have dropped in the odds in the last week. I suspect some of that is people speculating that they will lift their game for Liverpool and then, you know, maybe Lorraine wins, but they can still get second, third, fourth if they bring something extra. A little bit like it was last year where Ukraine was so short and there was speculation about Sweden, Spain and UK, which came into the top four. Um Israel and Spain, maybe the best value is gone on that. You know, I'll I'll pull something from left field here, you have a 100% televote for the semi-finals, and that will make the jury vote in the final stronger because there'll be more televote appeal songs qualifying, and the juries can choose what juries like. Um, you know what? What could do well with juries and stagger to enough televotes to come into the top four? Let me take Italy because it is the feeling with Italy is that is how you write a song. And I expect professionals will adore the construction of this. The three-minute edit that I've seen lyrically, that is one of the best Italian edits by the looks of it. I haven't heard that yet, but, you know, people, I can see 
it's almost getting to 100 to 1 to win Eurovision. If you can get a quarter of the odds top four and that, it's not quite there yet, then I think you're looking at very good value. I can see 67s, I can see 81s. It's not a popular song with the fans, but this is going to be taking jury points, I'm quite sure. Interesting. Not what I was expecting you to, to say, but that's why we invite on the podcast, Ben. We like to hear... What should I say, Sweden? Should I say Sweden if I want to do? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it anyway, Ben. Uh, we've been talking about our, our event uh, on the podcast this week that we're hosting uh, during uh, Eurovision Week. Uh, you are uh, attending something uh, pretty special as well. What, what are you up to during Eurovision Week? Hopefully quite a lot of things. It's going to be a fantastic time in Liverpool. Um, but one of the things that I'll be doing is going to the Eurovision Academic Conference. Um, I will be presenting their data based on the last, what, seven, eight years of Eurovision Song Contests to see if running order bias, the idea that the later the show you're on, the better your chance of doing well. I'll be looking to see if that is real. So I am number crunching all of last week. I've got another week more to do, basically, to try and prove or not if this is a reality. And I'll be presenting that at the academic conference, which I believe is going to be at Liverpool Hope University on the Tuesday, Wednesday of Eurovision Week. So if you're a numbers person like Ben, like me, it's something you'd want to get to. Can, can we go? Can we get tickets somehow? How can we uh, How can we pop along? Is that possible? I, I believe people can just turn up. But let me check on that so you can mention it on a podcast in a few weeks' time. Wonderful stuff. Ben, it's been great to have you on. And if we don't speak again uh, over the next six weeks, uh, shall we catch up in Liverpool? Uh, I've got a board game to beat you at, yes. <laughs> oh, Ben, it's been great to chat and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Take care. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. A huge thank you to Ben Robertson, friend of the podcast, for joining us here on the Euro trip. Hopefully, I think, Ben might be popping down to Sugar and Dice on Thursday afternoon during Eurovision Week. So it'd be good to see him there at our event. A reminder, if you want to go and get tickets, sugarandice.co.uk forward slash shop. Click on the Eurotrip and friends and we'll hopefully see you there during Eurovision Week. But James also, Ben's a busy boy, got his own event on in Liverpool. 
yeah, I'm definitely going to be wanting to head down to that. You know, I'm a I'm a bit of a, a numbers geek, as we as we found out last week when we were doing some uh, some data about the running order. And then, yeah, he put a really great article on ESC Insight as well about the running order. But yeah, he's going in depth about it um, at that event during Eurovision Live Week as well. So yeah, so many events for us to get down to. But yeah, that's probably going to be on uh, on my hit list uh, for when we're in the city. I don't know about you, but James, I know this is the case for us and everyone that we're going to Liverpool with as well. It feels, and I said that, you know, we're kind of feeling a bit zen. I said I was feeling zen at the very start of today's episode. I am, but also I'm not because there is just so much going on in Liverpool that you don't want to miss anything. And I feel like everybody's having to be really strategic about the events they go to, what they want to do, the things they want to see. Like there's, there's just so much. I didn't think we'd be in a position where there were too many things happening during Eurovision Week, but there is so much happening. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. We'll probably miss out on some of the ones you want to do, but it's a good problem that you've got too many things you want to see and, and not enough to occupy your week with. So yeah, uh, hopefully we can get to go to some great events. I'm sure there's plenty to go to. And obviously, if you are heading to Liverpool, as well as us wanting to see you at our event on the Thursday, it'd be nice to hang out with as many of you as possible. So do flag to us if you're heading to Liverpool. Please do let us know. And we'll probably shove a microphone underneath your nose to find out what you're thinking about Eurovision that week. <laughs> uh, anyway, shall we uh, get to our fan panel? We invited you last week to get in touch if you wanted to appear on the podcast this week. Uh, if you're a listener and you've got loads of thoughts about the songs for Eurovision this year, loads of you got in touch and we hand-selected uh, three of the best uh, to come on and give us their thoughts about Eurovision this year. Yeah, thank you to all of you who got in touch. Apologies that we haven't been able to get back to all of you, but thank you to everyone who sent us an email. Hello at EuroTripPodcast.com. Really, really appreciate it. But yeah, we are going to have a chat all about the songs of 2023. So what you are going to hear is us discuss the songs, as I said, in general. We're going to talk about the UK. We're going to talk about who the surprise qualifiers might be from the semifinals. We're going to talk who the jury winner could be, who the televote winner could be, and also then, looking ahead to who we could expect to be the winner of Eurovision 2023. So this is what happened when we hosted our very own fan panel a little bit earlier on. Hi, I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Ross. Hi, I'm Kyle. Now, Kyle, I'm going to come to you first because little piece of info for the listeners. You managed to get through every single one of the 2023 songs this weekend having not heard not quite any of them before it but tell us a little bit more yeah it's a it's a, it's a very weird rule um <laughs> but i thought sometimes the national finals have spoiled my opinions before so i thought for 2019 it started i would listen to all the songs only when they're all released at once so then i'll just pick a day and i'll be like right i'm going to listen to all of these songs um and i think it's worked really well because I, I get to like have my opinion sort of there and then and not get sort of misconstrued with like something coming later or something coming you know getting too used to a song um but uh yeah it's it's so yeah we managed to do it this weekend it was quite a long wait because after Melfest I was kind of like okay I'm ready for more songs now <laughs> and it was taking quite a while <laughs> but we got there at the end um, so yeah, yeah, I got there in the end. <laughs> Hannah, what about you? Uh, did you wait until the very end, or have you been following national final seasons from the from the very beginning? I have absolutely got no self control. Um, <laughs> so I basically say every year I say 
I say that I'm going to do that, I'm going to wait and I'm not going to listen to any of the national finals. Um, I'm not going to listen to any of the songs. I'm going to like save it. I, every year I'm going to say I'm going to save it to you for Eurovision week and I never do. I get way too excited. Like in January, I'm like, this is it. It's my favourite time of year. I ruin my Spotify wrapped every year. It's just Eurovision pretty much all, all the year. So um, no, I've watched, I've, I, I had, didn't manage to watch all of the national finals. I tried to just do a selection, um, but I have, I have listened to all of the songs. I'm like a kid at Christmas. I'm like up at 4am opening all my presents. You say ruined your Spotify wrapped. <laughs> I would say just elevated. Yeah, elevated. Let's say elevated. That's the better, that's the better way. <laughs> and Ross, what about you? How have you found 2023 and the class of 2023? Let's call them. Firstly, I'm the same as Hannah. Like I, can't I let it consume my week far too much and I'm always like when's this one coming out when's this one coming out and then it comes out slightly earlier and you're like oh my god George is coming out at three o'clock oh my god uh, <laughs> um, no I think that it is this year as a whole is a really I don't know if anyone else has found this but I found this one um at the start of the national sort of final season I was going oh like <laughs> this isn't going to be what I wanted it to be and it's in the UK and this is the one that I was going to go to and I don't know whether this felt like quite a weak year then all of a sudden it suddenly changed and there's like 15, 20 songs which I'm like no these are great like whereas normally there's just a few standouts um, I feel like there's like a solid 20, 22-ish which I'm like yeah no we have to see this one in the final um, so yeah, I'm really excited. Now, I think I'm right in saying, if I get some nods or shakes of the head here, people, are we all uh, British Eurovision fans? We're all based on the UK here? I'm getting nods. That's a good thing, which means uh, I think it would be a good place to start then if we if we chat about May Muller. Uh, I wrote a song for the, for the UK this year. Hannah, can I come to you first to get some thoughts and opinions we'll be getting some of your other thoughts and opinions on some other uh from some of the other some of the other songs rather a little bit later but hannah may muller i wrote a song where does it where does it rank for you it's in it's in my uh i'm repeating it section of my eurovision playlist like quite a lot and i wasn't you know we, we there was a clip there was a very short clip of it before it came out i was this is awful what are we doing why are we sending this? And then the next day I heard the whole thing, obviously, and then saw the video and I just, I kind of just fell in love with it immediately. I just think it, I'm, I've basically, I've bought my ticket on the main Muller Express straight to, straight to Liverpool. I'm there um, and I want to stay on it forever. Um, I think it's one of the better girl bops in the, in the finals this year. Um, you know, you're looking at Israel, like that's just way too many songs smashed into one for me. And it's like it's trying to hit all of the Eurovision kind of things that you have to have. It feels just, for me anyway, I know lots of people will love it and I'm sure she'll perform it really well. But for me, that just feels really contrived. And then Poland just, I think that I said about that, for me, the better. Um, but um, I just, I think, I just think it's great. It's just such a bop. I'm just, I can't stop tapping my feet. As well as po 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 and cha cha cha, I've got da 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 in my head. Like it's just like that. That's just the constant loop. Um, and as long as she performs it really well and she's got a good vocal, 
and she can keep that vocal while she's dancing with will with performing last I think it could do really well I, I feel really positive but then I get really positive and patriotic at this time of year anyway which isn't very me normally so um I could be completely wrong but I'm hoping for a top 10 finish Ross are you on the May Muller Express do you also have a ticket oh yeah definitely 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 but I was also on that same journey of when it sort of semi-leaked the night before and that TikTok clip was going round. I was like, I'm going to be so embarrassed stood there in front of all these people in the arena. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to show my face. I might have to go, I might have to dig, I might have to wear my Welsh flag or something and be like, it's not me, sorry. Uh, no, but then, and then the clip, the actual song came out the next day and I was like, completely 180 and was like, no, this is a bop. This is what I, I have for so long wanted the UK to send that sort of, alt girl pop song and we have sent so many male ballads which all sound the same as michael rice and josh debovey uh like all those they all feel like they're the same song for such a long time and this feels really fresh and exciting so this was one of two that i'd actually heard prior um so i was already pretty used to this song um but i i, I really liked it I, I for me it was the most British sounding song I think we've sent for quite a while, maybe in the last like 10 years. Um, and it's got that cool factor about it that I think Israel doesn't have. I think Israel will go for the sort of more camper side of voting, whereas I think May's got this sort of cool factor that potentially might appeal to some non-Eurovision fans. But I think she'd be in then direct competition with Norway. So it's hard to tell exactly where she would end up, but I think it's so important that the performance like is really good and that there's tight choreography, the camera cuts work really well. And hopefully if it explodes with colour, especially if it's finishing last, you kind of really want to go out with a boom because then you're being compared to everything else we've heard prior. Um, I definitely don't think it's a winner because I think, I think people were sort of making those sort of Sam Ryder comparisons and it's just not quite that Sam Ryder level but I think a top 10 is possible but hopefully hopefully not the bottom five because I think the UK deserves I think I think we need a position somewhere at the middle in the middle of the table to sort of say okay we are on track for sort of the next 10 20 years to hopefully get a victory. I think the producers will have been pleased when the UK randomly selected final place in the running order I think the producers would have been delighted with that and I think talking about the performance wise and James don't know if you agree with me a lot of potential when it comes to the spoken word part of this song as well because if you look at the version that has been released on streaming services and then you look at the music video they are two very different versions of the same song you've got that spoken word bit in the music video if we get that spoken word on stage that could be a real moment for her to connect with the audience at home do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, well, it could either go one way or another, I think. It's either going to really hit the mark or it's really going to be a bit of a, a risk to include in the song. But, you know, it's Eurovision and sometimes you've got to take a risk to really to really hit the mark with that, with the audience. Let us know, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're listening to Hannah and Ross and Kyle, let us know your thoughts as well at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram as well. Just get in touch. Send us an email as well if you want. Hello at EuroTripPodcast.com. Now, the three of you, we're going to go relatively quick fire now. Your surprise, your surprise qualifier 
for the grand final. You can only have one. So across both semi-finals, you can only pick one country. You, you're all looking at me fuming. Listeners, you can't see this. They're all fuming that I've only given them one surprise qualifier. Uh, Ross, who's your surprise qualifier? I think Poland might qualify. I think that if you look at that semi-final, and even if she doesn't deliver vocally, if because it's televote this year, if you look at songs last year that did maybe not so great vocally, like Austria and Halo and um, Cyprus's Ella, the vocal wasn't there, but they were still in that sort of top 10, top 11. And so I think, and then you compare it to what else is in that final in terms of that type of song. There's Georgia. And I think, I feel like there's sort, sort of Iceland. And so I think that it'll probably, it will probably get through, particularly because it's the week of the two semi-finals. Do you know what? I didn't think it would take us this long or, or this short amount of time to get such a surprise, uh, a qualifier for, for many of you, because Poland seems so off the wall. Rob, were you expecting Poland so early on? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was not expecting Poland to be mentioned at all. But that's the best thing about Eurovision, right? You never know what people might think, what songs people like. I feel like I need to say, I don't like that song. I feel like it's like what I like. I've, before people like, oh, Ross is a Poland stand. Poland, Eurovision stand. No, like that song is trash and shouldn't go through. Please don't like judge me on that. <laughs> Ross, honestly, I know between now and uh, the podcast going out, you'll be removing that Poland flag from your Twitter handle. I know it's already in there already. So whatever. <laughs> Carl, what about you? You listen to them all at the weekend. Surprise qualifier for you. See, I was about to say Poland as well, actually, <laughs> but I'll pick, I'll, I'll pick another one. But but I, I do think that that may qualify. Um, the only other one, and I don't think everybody's got it as their favourites, but I think we need a bit of fun at the final. I think Belgium should, or I, I think they should qualify. I don't think they will, but the part of me then does think that they might, just because it's all televote based in the semi-final. But I mean, it's. I feel like it's got all the characteristics that Eurovision fans don't like anymore, where it's camp, it's cheesy, it's dated, it's 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 got all sorts going on on stage. But it just, I don't know, I just, I listened to it and I was just, I was just like grooving to it. I was like, be girls and be loving it. <laughs> when I, when you sent the questions over earlier, um, I actually did write Poland. <laughs> um, but not because I want it to qualify, but I just think the fans hate it that much that it probably will like if you want a shock non-qualifier that is the big shock um i again just to clarify i do not want it to qualify um sorry poland um i would love ireland to be a shock qualifier i really would i i really like i'm desperate for ireland to have like have their moment back in the final like I really want them to I, but there's only one and I don't know if it will happen um but yeah I to be honest I did write Poland just because I think it will like everybody will be up in arms and we'll probably lose a fan favorite for it maybe and I think that will be but that's the drama we love right hey look we asked for surprise qualifier you you've given us surprise qualifiers even if it was Poland across the board you delivered with a solid answer for that question but fair play fair play uh shall we move on to the grand final itself if we focus on winners uh, not the overall winner we'll do that 
uh, shortly, in just a moment, but the jury winner. Of course, that's the first time the juries will have a say in the votes that will count towards the contest this year. Um, who should we go to first? Kyle, can I come to you for a jury winner in the grand final? I have a feeling this will be a unanimous one, um, but I think uh, I think it has to be Sweden. Uh, I think this is absolutely what the juries would go for. It's it's already charted everywhere. They're going to consider that the performance is amazing. Even if we don't get the big LED screen come down from the ceiling, they're bound to have something amazing um, to bring on uh, into Liverpool. But it, can, it can only get better, I think. Um, her voice is amazing and. I think the juries are just going to have that familiarity with 2012. Um, and I can't see another song, just I can't see another song matching that level, especially for the jury's perspective. I mean, well, we could say Finland or anything like that, but I think there'd be more televotes. I think, yeah, I think, I think Sweden has got it in terms of the juries. I, I do think an interesting factor in the juries this year, and I don't know if many people have picked up on this, that I think there is a change in the jury's voting criteria for 2023, where there is less of an emphasis on good vocals, rightly or wrongly, and more of an emphasis on memorability. How memorable is the performance? How memorable is the song? So, I don't know. Ross, does that kind of change things for you? Or is Tattoo just so memorable it doesn't matter, and that's still going to top the jury vote? My first instinct is to say Sweden, and Sweden always do well with the juries, and it's Loreen. I think that, I do think that the staging does have a big part of it. Like, everyone I've spoken to who's a more, like, I've gone, oh, do you remember Euphoria? They're representing Sweden again, listen to the song. They're like, it's no Euphoria. It's no Euphoria. And I think, I think actually, if Sweden don't have that staging, it might not actually hear that top spot i think ones that are around it are maybe like france i think has the potential i think lazara has a really will have something really like a real vision on the stage and i think that spain will either go really high or go really low a bit like france last year where people will either really get it or really not get it but i think they're my sort of like so that we're not all the same Sweden. That's probably where I'm at. I'm uh, now going to say something on the podcast that I wasn't sure I was going to reveal at any point in this season because I know we're going to alienate a lot of the listeners. I don't get Spain at all. I, I'm very much on the on the side of the fence where I just don't really get it. But everyone who I know has seen it performed live, like everyone that was at Benidorm Fest, absolutely obsessed with it. Everyone who has seen her perform in the flesh says she's incredible. But I, I just, I just don't get it. James, help me, please. Oh, Ross, go on. I feel the same. I did like I haven't really quite got into it, but I can see having watched the live performance now. I can see the the staging really makes it, and I can see why. Like it's that like people, there's a real mania around it. I'm scared for my Twitter DMs after after revealing that. Yeah, just for, for full clarity, that was Rob who said that, not the YouTube podcast, or James Rowe. So you, just can, Rob. You, can, <laughs> you can contact me at Mr. James Rowe on... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hannah, can I get a very quick one-word answer from you? Uh, Kyle said before that he thinks that we're all going to be on the same side of the fence here on who the jury winner is going to be. He said Sweden. Do you agree? Yes or no? 
No. Oh, interesting. I thought it was going to be a simple yes, and we'd move on to the next question. Go on, as quickly as possible. Tell me which country and why. I love Spain. Oh, okay, it's Spain. There we go. Rob, how do you feel about that, eh? Hannah, tell us, tell us more about Spain. Why do you think it'll be Spain? I, uh, I, I totally understand it's really, like, it's a bit polarising. Um, but I was obsessed with her performance. I just thought it was, like, art. Um, and... I think that final note she hits at the end is just stunning. And I, and I just, I, the performance makes it. And I think if they're looking at the performance and the vocal, like, I, I think it's, I think it's, do I dare say it's better than Lorraine? A, a fellow, maybe. You can say it. Hannah, you can say it. And I feel like a lot of this is down to the fact that I'm just not very cultured and I just like a dirty bop. I feel like that is a lot of, a lot of this. I love a dirty bop as much as the next person, but I also just, I really appreciate Spain a lot. I, I would also like to say before I get attacked by a bunch of Sweden fans, like I fully love sweet. I love Sweden. I love Lorene. Like, please don't hurt me. Let's move on. We haven't got a lot of time left, but we have to talk about now. Hannah, you mentioned bops. I think we're going to get a lot of bops doing very well in the televote. So we've talked jury. We've talked about, obviously, Sweden and Spain, France, some other names involved in there as well who might top the jury vote. Who's going to top the televote vote, if we're going to call it that? Hannah, let's stay with you. Who's going to top the televote vote? Oh, it's really hard. It's hard. Um, but I think it's either going to be Finland or Austria. Kyle, did both of those stand out for you on your, uh, your watch-along on Saturday night? They both definitely stood out. Um, but I think Finland stood out more for me, um, and I think that will probably that will probably win the televote in the final. I reckon because it's got that. I think it's got the what the what the hell is this first half of the minute, and then suddenly you're all into it because the song just changes into this other song. Um, but it's all really good when it comes together. Um, that and it's just going to be so striking on stage. Um, yeah, I think he's going to get a lot of the non-Eurovision fan vote and all of that Eurovision fan love as well. I think Sweden will get a high one, but I think that I think the only other one to think about is maybe Ukraine. The Eurovision fan have been often like the, because we're so into the songs and so into the like like each country's journey and like maybe like how this country's been over the last ten years. I think that sometimes we forget to zoom out and like for the average TV uh, TV watcher who watches it once a year, they're still there's still loads of support needed for Ukraine and Spain, which is still present. And I wonder whether that will still have a really big push through. I don't know whether, I don't think we'll have the same in a way, but it will be there. Right, we can't wait any longer. Who is going to win Eurovision 2023? And where are we going in 2024? Kyle. Poland, I'm joking. Um, it's been Sweden, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 think, I think Sweden. But I... Not quite a runaway yet, but definitely in the lead, I would say Sweden. Thank you, Carl. Ross? I think Sweden as well. I think that so many songs this year are really jewelry or really televote, and so I think Sweden probably is the one that's in the middle. Hannah? Swedish clean sweep? Sorry, I'm going to say Finland. Just to be difficult. Um, and I just... I. As much as I think Lorena's brilliant and I'd be delighted if she won, I kind of also sort of want someone else to win. Um, just because, why not? And I think Finland would be a good winner. Like what you're hearing? 
make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. So there you have it, James, our very first fan panel here on the Eurotrip podcast. So nice to hear from some of you, the listeners, on your thoughts of what could happen at Eurovision in just a few weeks' time, of course, in May, because it's really interesting, isn't it? Because obviously me and you talk to each other every week, but it's nice to hear what other people think about the songs and about what we can expect this year. Yeah, and it's nice to get a bit of flesh on the bone as well, because you, like me, like you listening at home, probably scroll Twitter every day, see loads of other European fans, see loads of flags, see some very small opinions about some songs, but you never see like the big detail. So it's nice to invite some of you on um, to find out all your opinions in a bit more detail. Talking of opinions, kind of wish I hadn't said that about Spain. A little bit scared now. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, um, all the listeners in Spain, I will repeat it. Uh, that was the thought of Rob Lilly, not those thoughts of James Rowe or the Eurotrip podcast, just for please, this game. Please, <laughs> don't, please don't cancel me before Eurovision. <laughs> uh, shall we get to this week's one second song? Uh, because last week, Rob stormed into what some may say is an unassailable lead, but I am, I'm still clinging on to some hope. Yeah, so you need to attempt to close the gap this week. Should also, very quickly, uh, bring you this tweet that we got earlier in the week from Michael in New York. Michael, hello. Hope you're well. Hopefully you're still in New York. Been a while since we heard from you. But I remember when you got in touch previously. I think you have a listen when you're having your breakfast on your roof terrace. So maybe that's where you listen to this right now. Uh, Michael said, just listen to last week's episode. And James sounded so sad when Rob pulled that Switzerland entry out of nowhere on the one second song. Have faith, James. <laughs> Math be damned. Yes, I, I promise you, I do have faith in my skills to claw some points back. Uh, Rob, remind us of the scores from last week where you extended your lead. Yeah, so the scores currently, it doesn't make good reading for you. 27-17 to me. Well, let's see what I can do with this week's One Second Song. Oh, blimey, O'Reilly. Yeah? Any any the wiser? No, no, not at all. Let me... Let, please allow me to hear that one more time. Yeah, go on then. Have another lesson for you and everyone else tuning in this week. I mean... I thought... What I thought was that you might play fair... <laughs> and give me something a bit easier <laughs> to try and close the gap. But clearly, you are playing. Well, I was going to say unfair. You're not playing unfairly. It's just difficult. So what did you what did you want? Did you want the opening buzz of Waterloo by Abba? Is that what you wanted? Uh, please, yeah, that or <laughs> I don't know. Love shine a light because she says love shine a light at the very beginning. I don't know. That is tough. What am I going to give you? Um, a reminder as well, of course, what you're after here. The name of the song, the artist, the country they were representing, and the year in which the song was performed. Four points. James, how many can you get? Probably none. There's usually a tenuous connection to uh, what something we do on the podcast each week, and I can't for the life of me think of what it could be either. So I'm going to pick uh, a year that I did not watch live. That would be 2005. I'll give you a country that I don't know which song they performed that year, which is Turkey. I'll give you a name, a group name called the Big Bears. 
<laughs> I don't know. Um, and Bears you... is a club night during Eurovision week at Camp Furness, <laughs> isn't it? And the song title is Give a Little Love. Give a Little Love by the Big Bears. You'll be unsurprised to hear, James, zero points. Because, of course, James, this week it is from the 2016 contest, Spain, Barai, Say Yay. Is it? It is. Let's have a listen. Hello, hello, Mr. Fighter. Look, there we go again. Go get us all for sake. They never wallow in their fate. More than a thousand miles until the end. We're never gonna know what lies ahead. We only got today to learn from our yesterday. Now, I was going to play fairly and I was going to let this slide. However, I'm going to give full <laughs> full disclosure for you listening at home in that Rob was unable, for whatever reason, to source me a, a high quality clip uh, of that song. So the clip you heard is very different to what I've just heard because to me, what I heard was actually just sounded like a, a record being scratched on a record player. So I just had to plump for anything whatsoever. Whereas you probably thought, heard it and went, yeah. I know what that is. Absolutely easy peasy. But for me, that was very unfair. Don't know what this man's talking about. He heard exactly the same clip that you've just heard. (laughs) Yeah, James is right. The clip that he has just heard does sound a bit like white noise, which doesn't help. On the Eurotrip Wikipedia page, this this entry in the table of one-second songs will have an asterisk next to it, Rodan, I can guarantee <laughs> Rob was unable to source clean recording at time of podcast record. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Apologies. Uh, yeah, that's Spain 2016. Burai, say yay. Uh, tenuous link? Uh, it's your favourite Spanish entry because you don't like this Spanish entry this year. Is that what it is? Yeah, no, you're probably right, actually. I think it probably is my favourite Spanish entry. It isn't that... Or initially, that's not what I was thinking at the time. What I was thinking was, obviously, I mentioned Spain during the fan panel there. And we also mentioned probably thinking Sweden might win this year. And of course, that was the Spanish entry. The last time the Eurovision Song Contest was held in Sweden. Uh, Do you know I'll take a pity point for for sort of getting some sort of tenuous connection. Um, You you can have a pity point if you want, but it still means the scores are me 27, you 18. Well, that's one more point than I had at the, <laughs> at the start of this episode, which I will happily take. Uh, that brings us to the very end of this week's episode. Uh, thanks to everyone who joined us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let me remind you as well, sugarandice.co.uk forward slash shop. Uh, head over there, you pay a fiver and you can come along to our board game afternoon on Thursday the 11th of May from one o'clock to four o'clock in the afternoon. We'd love to see so many of you there. Yeah, just click on the Eurotrip and Friends and, yeah, as James said, come on down, play some board games and we'd love to see you. Also, get in touch if you've got any Eurovision songs or any Eurovision music on vinyl, as James mentioned earlier on. We'd love to hear about that. And also, have you played, sticking with the board game theme, the official Eurovision board game? Get in touch with us about that as well. 
Yeah, loads of homework ahead of next week's episode. But the most important one, of course, is to buy your ticket for our event uh, on the Thursday afternoon. Now, we will be back next week with another of the artists from 2023. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, you can get in touch with us online at YouTube Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Hello at YouTubePodcast.com on the email. And you can read all of our exclusive stories on YouTubePodcast.com. As well, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it is goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volur xc For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.